Hello and welcome to This AFL Life. I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Hello. And Susan Cabman. Hi, team. How are we? Caddy? Tip top. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a little bit of a hangover today, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't actually sure that I'd be able to surface for this recording, but, you know, miracles have happened and here I am. (laughs) Chomping down on my dinner while we uh, do our little pod. How good's a long weekend? <laughs> yeah, I was a bit concerned. It was really touch and go. And I, I had to do the double double check at, you know, about four o'clock. I even, I even uh, held off, you know, asking for questions. I'm like, <laughs> do I? Do I put the call out out? What if we don't record? What if we do record? I haven't done the call out. Sorry, team. It's not very professional of me. Won't happen again. What else is professional about this? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So How's everyone else? Yeah. Look, well, Ow. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm a bit hungover too. Oh, what have I come into? Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with an R- an RFI, mm. and look, it's really nice to drink beer in the sun at Victoria Park. Too nice, I think. Yeah, but it's not a good idea to not hydrate. No, you need to go one for one. Yeah, That's my uh, rule. I, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, well, it's self-inflicted. It is um, self-inflicted. No mm. sympathy from me. <laughs> Harsh. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hibber's just been back from a wholesome weekend of, you know, <laughs> frolicking Activity. on the beach and ziplining. And I had 24 hours, yeah, away. <laughs> and I come back and the world's fallen apart for Alan Caddy. <laughs> I had a really wholesome 24 hours except for the three-hour drive home because there were three individual crashes on the freeway. End of a long weekend was a real battle, so I was a bit late to training and just a bit flustered. But <laughs> got here. Yeah, well, you didn't actually confirm whether or not you were recording tonight and I was a bit concerned, but then when I pulled up at training and you were out there, I was like, oh, she's okay. Yeah, she's in. I was I was driving. I was safe. Not that's, texting. That's good. So... Positives from the weekend. Mm-hmm. I went to the footy. Yes. And I went to North Melbourne, Richmond. Yep. Positive. Punt Road. No loudspeakers. Oh. Oh. Perfect mm. conditions. Lovely. Really, really lovely. Lovely evening for football. Except, I'm throwing in an RFI, the 5.10pm start. Oh. oh, Had I been at work on Swan Street, which is where I work, would have been perfect. Just stroll down there after my five o'clock finish. But no, I had to get out of the house at quarter past four and get on public transport and rah, 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 rah. Anyway, so 5.10, don't do it again, AFLW. Um, Don't know if they are. Haven't checked. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that. I hate oh. to break it to you, but continue. All right. Um, positives were the score lines. <laughs> um, we, we showed, well, the, the difference between kicking it through the big sticks is a lot. And mm. um, um, I guess converting those inside fifties, it really just rewards all the effort that um, the players put in on the field across the ground. So that was really nice to see some some really, I guess, convincing wins. But it was just the fact that they kicked more goals uh, and they looked good. Um, and my third was uh, just Adelaide in general. Mm. Um, God, they're good. Yeah. Scary good. Scary good. Oh, another one. 
George Hammond kicking a goal <laughs> at Punt Road. Oh, um, well, I oh. jumped up. I was standing in front or sitting in front of the Fox footy cameras and I jumped up and the cameraman was like, Oi, sit down. Because <laughs> I blocked the view. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That is great. No, I, uh, oh, that was very exciting. I uh, may have shed a little tear. It was great. Caddy, positives, mate. Loved seeing the D's back on the winning um, podium. They still kicking a lot of points, but they looked really, really good. I think they might be slightly disappointed they didn't get a bit more of a percentage booster out of that one. But regardless, just really good to see them playing good footy again. They lost their way um, for a few few rounds there. So, mm. you know, we talked last week that that final six kind of really only seven in it. And with the Bulldogs losing yesterday... I'd be very disappointed, I think, the Bulldogs in their game yesterday. Um, Demons, can they win the next three, though? It's a tough run home for them. It is a tough run, yeah. But I think most of the teams have a tough run that are that are fighting it out. If I were Daisy Pierce when that fixture came out, I just would have put my hands on my head and gone, God damn it, the last three rounds. She was really good, though. I saw her, she does a show midweek mm. with um, Nat Edwards and she was just like, well, you got to be... You know, got to play them at some point, mm. and if we if we get there, that means we're good enough. So that's true. Touche. On Daisy Pierce, positive. Daisy Pierce playing in the forward line. Was it four goals? Two, I think. But created created so much having her there it was yeah. a masterstroke. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, no, totally. And because I I, I want to jump in with a positive was watching Melbourne and how they they really just threw things around. They they put Daisy forward. They had Eden Zanka playing as a mid. Like, it was amazing. She did so well. She played really, really well. And, you know, you would you would almost think having Lauren Pierce and Eden Zanka on the ball would be, they'd be too tall. But it was, they were so effective. And it just completely caught St Kilda off guard. Yeah, I agree. It was it was good. It was good to see them being creative, teams being creative with what they've got. Mm. These these players, they most can play anywhere, you know, just because they play on a wing in AFLW doesn't mean they haven't spent their whole life as a centre-half forward, mm. you know. So that you, it's good to play to those strengths when they come along. That's something that I've battled with, um, I guess, with watching teams over the last few years is pigeonholing. Um, women into certain or players into certain lines. So you might have seven excellent defenders, but you can only list six on the day. And so that seventh person gets missed out because they've been pigeonholed into that position. So seeing Zanka roll through the middle and, yeah, show that class and skill was really, really great. Um, a positive for me was watching Richmond in real time, in real life, on Punt Road at their home ground. Um, and the organisation by Rebecca Miller in the defence. Yeah, right. So she's someone who I didn't really know anything about. Um, she wasn't someone that Richmond plucked out of nowhere. She's a cross-coder from another sport, and forgive me, I've forgotten. But um, I could hear her just organising Richmond and talking to their midfield as well. Um, and so that's something that you miss when you're watching it on the TV. Mm. Um, and especially when they're getting beaten, it doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't look like that they might be organised or, you know, 
but they do have a general down there just doing some really, really hard yards. So keep yeah, keep an eye out for Rebecca Miller um, when you're watching Richmond. Um, so I've got an RFI. Cool. I um I I'm I'm always quite interested on a on a Monday when they release the coaches' votes because I, I always think because the coaches watch the watch the game much differently mm. to media people and and probably umpires. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always yeah I always look forward to you know who they thought influenced the game. Um, but I was looking at the coaches' votes today and. Something jumped out at me. So the GWS played Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Kate Lutkins got the ten votes, and and she Justified. was yeah, yeah she was she was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going through the list of names, and and um, Jody Hicks got two votes. Oh yeah, and um, and Tanya Hetherington also got one vote. Oh, um, and I thought that was really amazing because neither of them actually played. Wow, they just must have such a presence off field. That they have managed to score a vote. So I don't know if it's been a mistake in the article or... I'm hoping it is. <laughs> they've copied and pasted from a <laughs> previous week or because I really hope it's not Craig Stasevich <laughs> not knowing opposition players. But um, yeah, that's an RFI for anyone that had anything to do with that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a huge RFI. Yeah. That would never happen in AFLM, Alison. Can I just say that? No, no. It, well, exactly right. That's that's the you whole know, point. Do you know who, who will get um, some votes for Collingwood next year is Adam Trelaw. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens. Um, so, yeah, so room for improvement there. Huge room for improvement. Large room for improvement. Um, have you guys got any other, other RFIs? Because I've got a couple of topics that I want to just kind of talk about. Go for it, Al. Kick around. Look, generally speaking, we tend to kick around anyway. So <laughs> throw throw us it's what not you. Much structure we got <laughs> coming on here. This is true. Throw us what you got. So really great news. The AFL released the final three rounds yeah. uh, of the fixture, mm-hmm. which is really really great because I know it was creating a lot of uncertainty for players. There was rumours about you know St Kilda were perhaps going to have to go and hub in Adelaide and it was all up in the air and support staff and players were having to make all of these arrangements in case they had to go Mm. and you know it's a lot of uncertainty for you know for part-time athletes so the fact that we have a fixture there's some certainty around it that's that's really 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 awesome but I was flicking through the fixture and you referenced the 510 game Yes. And what a terrible time that is to Shocking. go to the football. Well, I was kind of flicking through to the, to rounds eight and nine, which is when the AFL-M season starts around the 18th, 19th of March. My stomach just dropped, but it hit me. So Friday, the 19th of March, it's uh, Gold Coast v Carlton at Metricon at 5.10. And then the Saturday primetime game, Brisbane v North Melbourne, five ten, um, and then the following week. So again, the Friday and Saturday night spots, five ten. Now, I know that there's a lot of money around TV rights and etc., <laughs> but I know a lot of people that would prefer to watch 
or at just at least have the option, like put them head to head. I'm not interested in the first two rounds of the men's season. I'm interested in the pointy end of the women's season and I would love for it to be prime time. I think <laughs> this literally comes down to ground availability and yet again the women getting thrown to when the ground is available when the men aren't using it. And so for all the world, or oh, the normal thing is that the men's game is on when the, the TV rights are on and I absolutely understand for that because just realistically speaking, the, the money is in AFLM. At the, at the moment, that is yep. where all of the money is, the, the marketing, the advertisements. So the, the money's getting pumped through there. But we all know that round one and two of the men's competition is just crapola. Exactly. It doesn't count. At the, end of the, at the end of the year, round one and round two shouldn't matter. But in an AFRW season, every round matters. So How are they going to FIFO for a 5-10 game? I don't know, but like, if we get to finals and they're not playing them at prime time, like that is effed. What would be the prime time for women's footy? Would you put it for a two o'clock slot, or would you say a seven o'clock slot? I would say Friday, Saturday night. That's when people get together to watch footy. I think it's been different though, because it's at the start of the year, and I think women, the women's league. Like, we've generally gone to 12.40 games, 2.40 games, or 6.40 games. Yeah, no, I, but I've been to a few Friday night games. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to figure out what would be... Like, the audience is very different. What would be the best time for, for the AFLW audience to well, attend? I just hope... I, I, guess, I guess I hope that, like, they're not playing a final at 5.10 on a Friday. Surely not. Oh, I, I yes, I I can yes, I understand that. Mm. Me too. Surely not. Yeah. <laughs> Surely not. What if they had? This is so bad. I'm just thinking about it now, Al. A grand final at five ten on you know Eddie Had Stadium or something, and then they had to clear out of there because the AFLM match comes in. I oh, don't. You're right. You're right. I also think finals in AFLW will. Obviously, like the fixtures being coming out weekly, it will def- depend on who is at the top of the ladder. Mm. And so, if it is a final in Western Australia, of course, it's going to be at a weird time for us. So they just have to the TV rights just have to deal with it. But I also would be super disappointed if I have to journey to a five ten game for a final, yeah, for a women's final game. Yeah. What do you think, Caddy? I just hope that. The women are given priority for the ground. I'm not even too worried about the time. I think that finals footy deserves to be played on the best grounds available. So Mm. that's what I would hope for. What else have you got for us, Al? (laughs) I think I just want to talk about TV coverage of the games. Mm -hmm. And there are are positives and negatives within this. So, I, I mean, I'll start with the positives and that we, we talked about it the other week on the show, how good it is that current players are doing special comments and, you know, the the insight that they provide has been absolutely amazing. Um, Ellie Blackburn and Izzy Huntington did the Giants-Brisbane game and it was amazing because, like, they just 
played them the week before. So, you know, so, you know, Ellie Blackburn's giving this amazing insight, like, of what it's like to play on the Giants' midfield and that, you know, she, she made this comment that, you know, they have predictable midfield setups and they don't tend to change them very much within a game. So they're kind of they're, – they're easy to counteract because – you know, it's predictable. It's predictable. And I was just like, wow, that is such amazing insight. Like, I have n- I've never... You don't get that. I've never heard that kind of insight from a current player, you know, about the game before. And I was blown away by it. And I, I just thought it was really, really amazing. But in this same game... Now, the commentary team, I know, are based in Melbourne. So, they're watching on screen. So, they're not there. But there is a boundary rider there at the ground. So, I'm watching the game. I notice halfway through the last quarter that Elise Parker gets tackled and she kind of twists awkwardly and then limps off the ground. And no one said anything about it. There was nothing. There was no mention of it. The boundary rider didn't mention it, who's at the ground. The, you know, the commentators obviously didn't pick it up. And it just, (laughs) like, this isn't, um, you know, and, and again, maybe it's because it's GWS, it's not, you know, maybe if, if it were if it Brie was, Davey, if it was Brie Davey, or if it was Aaron Phillips, or Daisy, or someone had limped off, and then you know, because even at the end of the game, one of the commentators was like, "Oh, Elise Parker only had one disposal in the last quarter," and I was screaming at the television. It's like, yes, because she limped off the ground, and you have not mentioned like minutes. what has happened, you know, and also being a proud member of the APFC, say, yeah, I was quite concerned. I actually <laughs> ended up tweeting the GWS Giants to ask them if she was okay. <laughs> did they reply? They did. Oh, good. Good, I know. And is she okay? She's like, it's just a tweak, apparently. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank God. Oh, Lord. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, so, on the one hand, the insight has been really, really amazing, but then it's also just like, we need more. And, and similarly, the Demons playing on Saturday night... They didn't mention Daisy lining up in the forward line until she kicked the goal. She kicked a goal, basically. <laughs> They're like, who kicked that? Who's number six? She's, oh, it's <laughs> like she's bobbed up, marked in the forward line, and they're like, oh, Daisy's playing, and it's like absolutely. And even the fact the fact that Zanka was playing on the ball, like it's amazing. She's yeah. a centre half forward who pinch hits in the ruck, and she was playing on ball next to Lauren Pierce. Like that's wild. Why? I was amazed by it. I wanted. Analysis. Yeah. And, do you know, a bit of a shout out here to um, the VFLW radio. So, I think it's WARF radio who covered um, Darabin versus Hawthorne yeah. in the VFL this week. And I was there doing my timekeeping um, upstairs. And before the game, the three of them all sat down with the team sheets and looked at the pairings and they knew who was playing and who was in what number there was, you know, a couple of mess-ups here and there. But, for, you know, amateur commentators, they did an excellent job. But, that, but this is – and I guess that's my, my next point. It's like we're, we're seeing the evolution in the game on field. I want an evolution in the way that the game is covered. I want, yep. I want analysis that does justice. Mm. Having current players doing special comments is fucking amazing. Mm. Next step. Tick. Yep. Next step. Key matchups, like talk about the key matchups before the before the game. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just have a look at who's playing where, and and like you say about at about 
Peter Holden and his team that do the VWFL, like VFLW, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> there's people out there. The talent is out there. Yeah. Give them a shot. Exactly. I could give you plenty of names. Just list them below. End rant. <laughs> Anything else, Al? You want to get off your chest? Just wanted to get that off it's my chest. It's been a big weekend It has for been you. a big weekend. I'm quite hungover. <laughs> Fragile. <laughs> Fragile. It just no, it just really got to me this weekend. It's like we saw some amazing things on field and I want you I just know about them. I want to know about it and I want No, I've just really loved this season. I think the the standard has been phenomenal. I want everything around it to be of the same standard. Mm. I agree. Um but also not a knock on any individuals that are currently doing the doing the job. I'm I'm sure that you know, time is finite. There's, there's, they have ten minutes before the bounce of the ball and limited resources. I'm, you know, I'm sure of it. Um, so it's just, it's just a general, a general plea to the broadcasters of the game to lift the bar a bit, raise the bar. Guess what time it is? It's question time. <laughs> is that really lame? Should I do it again? Yeah, there wasn't much oomph in that. Sorry, I'm not hungover as well. <laughs> Do you want it again? Yep. What time is it, Alison? Wait, you want to ask <laughs> no, me <that>. I, no. <laughs> What time is it? Here we go. It's question time. <laughs> Are you going to put that whole little bit in? Yeah. <laughs> okay. GL Bastiani. How good are Roxy Roo contested marks? Roxy fans from way back here. Must admit haven't watched that much Fremantle this season, which is something I, I want to change now coming into the pointy end and they're just stopping playing West Coast every week. <laughs> <laughs> but she's right up there as the best, you know, she's she's in the Izzy Huntington League, I think, mm. in terms of contested marks, absolutely. Contested marks. So Izzy Huntington is worlds above. So she started the round with double the next person's contested marks, I think it was 16 to 8. Yeah, but Roxy Rue, if she's not taking a mark, she's putting it to the advantage of either herself or her teammate. So she wins it airily and then she wins it on the ground and she wins it physically. Like for someone who's 19, she's got the, the strength and the physicality of someone who's been playing f- for 10 years longer. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, it's really scary to think what she'll be like when she's 29. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's awesome. Yeah, is there is there a better sight in footy than like a big key position player taking a huge contested mark? No, nah, it's the best. It's the best, isn't it? Okay, at Matt Pultney. Matt, get hello, Matt. Matt. So happy to have your question. Oh. Waiting for this. Okay, are the Dockers good enough to win on the road? against other top six sides. They couldn't beat the Lions at home and they've tackled the lowly Eagles twice. So, Frio have coming up. They've got Carlton Mm -hmm. at Icon Park. Yep. They've got Melbourne at home and they've got North at Arden Street. That's going to be a lot of kilometres travelled in three weeks. So they're flying from WA to Vic 
back and then back again. Uh, I'm just going to circle this around to part-time media's post that was um, circulating around four days ago. Yep. So um, shout, shout out to part-timers. Total distance travelled by Gold Coast since round one, mm-hmm. 14,796 kilometres. Total distance travelled by Collingwood since round one, 29.4 kilometres. And if we have a look at the teams, so yes, a, a Collingwood have been dominating across the park, but and Gold Coast are a very young um, team. It would be naive of us to s- to say now, having watched seven rounds, that the travel is not affecting teams. Mm. So I will watch with bated breath to see what Fremantle produce come that third week against North Melbourne and Arden Street. I do think that they're a very well-structured, put-together team and they have that mindset of whoever adjusts best to the situation will win. So I, I, I have their mental strength, I think, as a positive, but we don't know what will happen on the road and we don't know how different people react to being thrown out of a routine. So I, I'm calling it by that third round Fremantle will have fallen apart a little bit. Just saying. There you go. Heard it here first. (laughs) Don't hold me to it. (laughs) I wonder if that North Frio match in round nine will be a really key game in determining um, the order of the finals teams. Yeah. I think that might end up being really interesting. Um, In answer to Matt's question... I think they can win. I mean, the teams they're playing, um, you know, Melbourne's been a bit hit and miss. Um, Carlson's the same. Um, and North actually the same too. So I think it would be really, have been really interesting to see them play Collingwood or something like that. Um, but yeah, um, I think that they'll be, yeah, they might lose a home final from this last three weeks of travel back and forward um, because they might drop a game or two. Mm. Yeah. But they almost have been assured finals because they've played the Eagles twice. (laughs) Yeah. Good percentage too. Yeah. I do think they can win though. I think they can win a premiership. I think they look like a premiership winning team. Oh, definitely. It'll just, yeah, like you said, I think it will come down to what kind of order they're looking at for a finals berth. Yeah, because I'm just kind of feeling like it's between three. Who's your call? Well, I'm kind of feeling like it's Frio, Adelaide, Collingwood. Kind of the clear. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've been on the cruise since the start, but. They're coming good at the exact right time. Brisbane yeah. peaked too early, I think, and a little bit wobbly. Yeah, actually, now that you just know, <laughs> that. I know because you do it every time, Alison. <laughs> you forget about Brisbane <laughs> and then you hate yourself for it. So don't forget about the Lions. I am backing in the Lions. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of a podcast is, is you can I edit can, it. No, no, you can't edit that. No, I. I'll be very honest and I won't edit that out. I am adding there's a there's a clear top four. <laughs> <laughs> and I am including Brisbane in that. Mm. Yeah, I concur. Cuz they're just so even. That's the thing about I think that's the thing about Brisbane because you think about Adelaide and you think about Aaron Phillips and Chelsea Randall. You think about 
Frio and you think about Bowers and, you know, all of their stars and you think about Collingwood and you think about Bree Davey, whereas Brisbane are just the ultimate team. They have consistent performers right across the board. Everyone plays their role and I think that's why I get caught out. I think then if if you're going with this structure of um, having consistent structure across the park, this week's a great test. Brisbane versus Collingwood at Brisbane's home yes. ground. Will the travel affect Collingwood? Will their structure hold up? Will Brisbane's structure hold up being at their home ground in a home crowd environment, not having to travel Huge game of football. I'm oh, excited. God, I am. You just got me really excited. Yeah. Brisbane. So, did we answer Max's question? <laughs> Do we ever? <laughs> Can we just hang on? Go back to Adele and we'll just give a one word answer. Are the Dockers good enough to win on the road against other top six sides? They couldn't beat the Lions at home and tackled, they've tackled the lowly Eagles twice. Yes. Yes, they can win on the road. They can win on the road, particularly the teams that they're up against. Yes. Yes. Okay. I hope you've got your answer, Matt, <laughs> in a very roundabout way. Uh, should we go on to the next question? Yeah, go on. Okay. At Nick P. Greek 28, um, how great does it feel to see AFLW become better than when it first started? Very, very good. Yes. I think I've expressed how happy I am about the standard this, this year. Yeah, I think the exciting bit is – the next couple of years, like how much has jumped forward, I think, since this last season to this for me has blown my mind. So the thought of bringing in those players who've gone through the development pathways into this league is just so exciting. I'm just going to throw a large question at us right now. Yes. Do you think a year off has helped or hindered the performance of players? Has it given them the rest that they may have needed to then come out and be as epic as they have? I'm talking largely to the Victorian Victorian. teams here. Um, So apologies for the bias, but um, for the bias. But do you think the time off, I know for certain players it has, the older players probably needed a bit of a a break and um, a rest. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, look, I would say yes. And so then does it mean that they step away from their state league and focus on I being think, the best they can to I have think a so. nine-week competition? I think what needs to happen is that they lengthen the AFLW season and the state leagues become second-tier competitions mm. where you develop the next rung underneath. And so your top line players are playing AFLW. Mm. Just a large question for you. No, I think I really think that um, there won't be the huge influx of AFLW players back into the VFLW, mm. for example, now. I think I, I think that you'll find particularly the more top tier AFLW players won't mm. play yeah. yep. other leagues. I'd just be interested to know whether – or to see, rather, the younger players coming through who didn't have a year. So we've, we've spoken at, at length about 
um, them missing a, a season of football and how you only get better if you play. But I wonder whether that <laughs> year off may have helped. I don't. I don't know. We'll find out. I guess in the coming twelve months. Um, and th- they'll now be getting to run through the VFL and mm. the other state leagues that are around there as well. Because, uh, like, when you when you talk about that, I'm immediately thinking about Ellie Blackburn for some reason. Like, she just she's the, mm. she's the one that pops into my mind because I know played and she turns up like that. Yeah, because and in previous years she has played VFLW, but she didn't last year, and she's just taken her game to the next level. So whether it's just a coincidence or mm. the fact that she didn't play VFLW last year. Know. Yeah, it'll also give a boost to those girls who are on the edge as well, who might only play one game yeah. of AFLW, and then next year they get four games of AFLW and they get to play in the second tier. So that's what I think. Yeah, like that's where I think it will go. Um, I don't cool. know. If maybe not this year, but maybe the coming year, like next year, mm. we'll see that. I think. I think that's great. That's the way it should be. Because mm. you want your fringe players playing footy. <laughs> yeah. And good level footy. So, yeah. You don't need to pump. You know, if we're serious about the competition being like professional league, then they shouldn't be playing footy outside of it. (laughs) Really. Yeah. (laughs) They should have the structures in place year round to get the right mix of conditioning, rest and match sim that they shouldn't be needing to play footy. Great tackle of a big question, team. Oh, no. We're here for the big topics. Um, Yep. (laughs) I don't shy away. At KRow87, thoughts on the umpiring over the weekend? Seemed a bit inconsistent, re-tackles and freeze. I noticed a few of the calls at the North Melbourne-Richmond game because they happened right in front of me. And there was a cacophony of what yeah. surrounding me. Yeah. Um, there were <laughs> a few really dodgy calls and not called by the umpire, uh, rather, or late calls not by the umpire closest to the play but by the umpire who was watching from afar. Yeah, that happened a lot in that game. A lot. It was just a bit baffling to think that someone so close to the contest was missing what was happening or was the person... Um, or was the umpire standing away from the contest a bit jumpy with the whistle? I don't know. Funny you should mention umpiring this week. Thank you, Cairo. Um, Because I actually spoke to someone who was an ex-VFL umpire uh, last week and he said that when they're teaching umpires to come through the ranks, and he did both men's and women's, yeah, they would rather you blow a whistle then not blow your whistle oh. because it teaches them that they have the authority to make a decision on field. And for some reason I had that in my head when I was at the game and I just thought that there was whistles being blown to stamp authority rather than actual free kicks. And so I wonder, now that I know that piece of information, I will be watching really intently about who's blowing whistles where. I just also thought it was an interesting mindset to have as an umpire that you need to stamp your onthor- your authority on the competition because I think in AFLW as well, like there's quite a good respect between players and umpires. Yeah, 
even when there's a controversial call, it's often just a bit of a shake of the head and get on with it because there's not long enough in a quarter to, yeah. you know, make a scene. Yeah, I kind of feel, again, like, you know, I was talking about the standard of footballers lifted and I want everything around it to lift as well. I think you could probably put umpiring in that bucket too. Mm. And I, again, it's thank you for doing the job because it is a thankless job. Yeah, totally. But also, it's a job and you get paid and you are doing it because it needs to be there. So, you need to make the right decisions and it needs to be fair. You can't be inconsistent. That's the whole idea of umpiring. Mm. Okay. This is from at Pez5. The first quarter ends. Your team has not come out firing. You all look sloppier than AH cap in the middle of winter. <laughs> Which AFL captain do you think would give the best spray to get the girls up and about? Ellie Blackburn for me. We've mentioned it before. Yeah. She's the come with me captain. So she, in my mind, she gives them a spray and then she goes, this is how you get it done. And then first stoppage, second quarter, runs through someone, picks up the ball, sends a long um, kick into the 450. That's what happens in my dream world. It's got to be Daisy for me. Why? Have you seen her give a spray? I think, I don't know whether Daisy would give a spray. Or she'd give the... Measured delivery. She'd be She'd be like the... the I'm, not, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it's not you. It's, it's, not, it's not me, it's you. Um. But I just think, like, I mean, I've I've seen her leadership in action and I just, yeah. If she told me to lift, I'd bloody well lift. I think I would <laughs> have a mixture. A mixture? A mixture. Yep. I agree with the Ellie Blackburn statement of come with me because I think, she, yeah, she just leads by literal example. I think Juddy at Frio. mm obviously is doing something really, really good over there for her team. So I think she's earned that respect over a number of years and I think she's driven a really, really solid ship. <laughs> That's actually quite funny because they're the Dockers. <laughs> That's good for me. Um, so actually I, I, I'm going to back Juddy at Frio, I think, just to mix it up as well because we have said that there are really, really strong captains throughout the competition and I, I think highlighting those three would be probably the right thing to be honest mm. they're, yeah they're far out they're all very very good leaders yep that's hard good question pez mm. yeah thanks pez so now it's time for would you rather okay this is from wiki.leaks who actually <laughs> julian assange <laughs> yeah jules <laughs> sent this in um they actually sent it in last week but i thought it was such a good one that i would oh, save it for okay. this week Okay, so it says you are the president of a club with an AFLW team who has just won the wooden spoon. Would you prefer, slash rather, recruit a super coach like Craig Starcevich or Beck Goddard or recruit a top player like Aaron Phillips or Bree Davey? You can only pick one. Super coach. I'm the coach. I'm all, of course, I'm picking the coach. I think... Okay, hypothetically, you bring in your superstar player, they do their ACL three weeks into training. Like, 
you got to have the coach. Like I know that they can still bring a lot to a team just by being around, but a coach can literally shape seasons um, around their, you know, their ethos and their their style and their culture. So, yeah, super coach. Mm. Bring in Goddard. What about you, Hiba? I also would choose a coach. I think, like you said, yeah, physically, mentally, it's better to have someone at the helm steering the ship. Mm. What is it with me and ships tonight? But anyway... (laughs) Off field, I think you can generate and you can turn people into star players. I think um, over a period of time, admittedly, but I think a good coach has the ability to do that, or a, a few good coaches. Mm. So, what about you, Alison? I mean, I think recruiting a star player, you know, would boost morale, but as you say, like that's can just only be temporary, mm. <laughs> especially if something happened to them, or if they got injured or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think a coach can shape hearts and minds. So I think I would recruit a super coach. Um, okay. So at Thornbury Horticulture Design, would you rather the Bulldogs won or are you happy with just how good Collingwood were? I mean, I was going for Collingwood yesterday, (laughs) so that's my answer. (laughs) That surprised me. (laughs) That you were going for Collingwood. I was standing next to Caddy. You are Millie. What's going on? Oh, I'm just – I've drunk the Kool-Aid for Collingwood. I just love watching them play so much. I'm just so impressed with them. How often are you going to Victoria Park during the week? Oh, just on the off chance I bump, bump into some <laughs> AFLW players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On Collingwood, I did think about this in the shower yesterday, actually. That's where all the best thoughts <laughs> occur. It's, it's true. Think back to 2017 Collingwood. mm and they lost the first three games of the season. Yep. It's been a big turnaround. Yeah. The the turnaround from Collingwood, even round three, season one to now, has just been one of the most impressive transformations I have seen across any team. Yeah. At, at any level, to be honest. It's, it's one of those things that you would see on America's game of, you know, about an, an NFL team that, goes through some hard times and has to turn themselves around and they've brought in what appears to be all the right mixture of people. Like the ingredients for that recipe is so solid. Mm. I just think it's really, really cool what they've been able to do and I think it is a mixture of excellent players and excellent coach, but really impressive. Mm. But you just saying that also makes me think like – if they've been able to do that in five years, let's just take some of the heat off the expansion teams that might yeah, be struggling at the totally. moment because they're only two or three years in. So let's kind of make an assessment after five years. Yeah, and after seven rounds of football, for example, you're only then starting to find your groove and finding your best 21 or whatever it is anyway. So there's, you know, they find it and then they have three rounds and then they have to go through another growth and another chopping block and everything so yeah I just wanted to give credit where it's due to the team at Collingwood yeah uh Scooby Snacks would you rather get a a rising star nomination or kick a goal in your first game of AFLW I'd rather get a rising star nomination I think because lots of people kick goals 
but only two players get a Rising Star nomination per round. So it's a little bit more special for me. Sorry, Georgia Hammond. <laughs> I reckon a, I reckon a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's if it's in your debut and you kick a goal and your whole team gets around you, I reckon that mm. that'd be great. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Don't get me wrong, but I think I'd still really like a rising star nom. Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> I kick Is a goal in my first game, and I get the rising star nomination. Perfect. We should have a look and see if there's someone who has done that. I'm sure. Oh, there sure. Is. First, I love their first kick. Um, first kick of AFLW, first goal. Yeah, those stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, one of our favourites, hetero underscore upsetero, has sent in two. Here we go. Would you rather nail every kick, but drop every mark, <laughs> or shank every kick but never drop a mark? <laughs> I think I want to nail my kicks. Yeah, yeah. nail my kicks yeah, too. Same. As much as I like my like style of footy is about taking big marks, if I can bring it to the ground, then that's fine. If I can't kick it where I want to go, I'm bloody <laughs> you lost. how exhausting it would be every time you get the boot, boot to ball and it just goes in the opposite direction and you're like, <laughs> it's like it's got a, it's on a string and you kick it, you know, you yeah. turn right and it just somehow ends up in the west corner. Oh no. Alison's lost it again. God, it must be. <laughs> okay, the next Is one. it Casey? Is Casey back? <laughs> it's not Casey Fields, but it's close. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, this is great. <clears throat> Would you rather have Daisy Pierce perform every piercing you get <laughs> or <laughs> be served by Meg McDonald every time you go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. Um, I want Daisy to pierce me. I want to see what her skills are like. Where? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Is it past nine o'clock? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, you can keep it in. <laughs> People can sometimes listen to this in the morning. No, we're live. It's fine. <laughs> um. But imagine rolling up to Macca's and Meg McDonald putting her head out the window. <laughs> with a little headset. <laughs> I think I want that. I yeah. think I want Meg Mac handing me my Mickey D's. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't, I don't uh, have any piercings, so I think I'm going to go with Meg Mac at Macca's. Although, I'm, like Daisy, she's a midwife. She she, she'd well. know what she was doing. Yeah, she'd know what she's oh, doing. I'm sure she would, but I'm just not interested in getting pierced. <laughs> I really want Meg Mac leaning out of that window <laughs> with some stinky Maccas. <laughs> yep. Oh, dear. That oh was – that's great. Mm. <coughs> okay, so – I've eaten an entire packet of vanilla waiters. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting everyone <laughs> We are elite. <laughs> um, what are we looking forward to in round seven? Um, For me, it's got to be Brisbane versus Collingwood to yeah. see how Collingwood go on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's the key game, I think. Um, also, Crows versus a refreshed Demons. Yes. Perhaps that will be a cracker. Also, North v Bulldogs in Hobart. Yeah. And then I was going to say, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Suns v Richmond know, at yeah. Metricon. <laughs> They've done well, the AFLW, actually. just mm. got The fixtures have just kept us on our toes. Mm. No, but mostly to be 
Frank. I think Brisbane versus Collingwood is a huge one for the latter as well. Yeah. Um, I guess like Collingwood are on top, Brisbane a third, but if they can rack up some percentage somehow, I like you know, it's just maths. <laughs> maths. Maths. Ooh, Kate Lutkins versus Chloe Malloy. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that is juicy. Stacey Livingston versus Dakota Davidson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just a lot to look forward to. A lot. Um, also, just another little update. We have a support page on buymeacoffee.com forward slash this AFL life. Do you know what? Do we have more supporters? We do. Oh. We, we have another member. Oh, Yay, another member. Welcome. So I would like to say thank you to Elise Casamento. Oh, bless you, Elise. I am sure that we were able to find a time to have a kick with you, mate. <laughs> Anything for Casamento. Probably tomorrow night, actually, <laughs> at training. Thank you so much, Elise. Yeah, thanks, um, Elise. But, yes, we will, again, we'll be in touch about all your rewards uh, and we will see you next week. Thanks for having us. Can I just say, oh, and I meant to say at the start, happy International Women's Day. Yes. yes. How glorious is it to sit with fellow women talking about women's sport on International Women's Day? Yeah. So thank you, both of you, for being here and just being glorious women. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Caddy. Actually, it's yeah. You make a very good point because I have been feeling a bit flat about the things, li- hmm. things going on in Australian politics. <laughs> politics, we won't go there. <laughs> but um, but saving grace for me has been my communities of women that I'm involved with and, and you guys are definitely part of that. Thank you. Thanks both. And everyone. Yeah, the girls. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Bye. See ya.